We back in the lab, we making some noise, so go turn your decibels up. Yeah. Black skin, white coat, oh no, who was nice as us? Made Jim really told us no limits, so we about to take this up. Went from mixing in the kitchen to the lab, and now nah, I nah, can make this up. Be side, be scientist, be side, be scientist. We shining a light on the people of color to show them how fly it is. Be side, be scientist, be side, be scientist. We back in the lab with white coats on our back, trying to show what time it is. Hey. Welcome back to the Be Scientist podcast, by, podcast by the Black Science Coalition Institute. When you hear this sound, that is our citation sound. So please go to Be Scientist or bsci.org backslash Be Scientist and check out our citation archives where you can see all of our citations that we use in each episode of Be Scientist. I am one of your co-hosts, Jordan Chapman, and as always, we have your other co-host, Jana Carpenter. And this is our first episode of 2021. Uh, what's going on, Jenna? How you been? Uh, pretty good. Just getting back in the flow of uh, schoolwork and research and mm-hmm. all of that good stuff. So what about you? Uh, same, pretty much. You know, it's already getting crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was nice to have time off, though, honestly. Yeah, it's definitely important to take breaks. Um, Otherwise, you face that burnout, and it it will mm. definitely sneak up on you. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to talk about um, a few things today. Um, one, we have um, a major announcement that we're going to make in just a moment, um, and then we're going to kind of talk about why the twenty twenty election was not only just important for most of the things that are going to happen. For the next few years, but also specifically some of the reasons that it's very important for science. And then we're going to try to, to end on a kind of, I don't want to say a lighter note, but we're going to have some fun at the end. So yeah, let's uh, get into it. So first major announcement, Jenna. Jordan. As you know, we will have t-shirts, t-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, hats, and even face masks on the bside.org backslash shop. Wow. And on starting on February 1st. And I think I've talked to you about it. I know I've talked to Khalil about it. I've talked to some of the other board members. And we're all super excited because we know we're going to be rocking it. But you, dear listener, can also rock it. And by the time this podcast airs in like a few sure days. So um, please get ready for that. Jenny, you want to add anything? Yeah, no, that's exciting. Um, <laughs> we love apparel. Apparel's great. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely going to rock face masks because we are still in a panorama, as the young kids like to say. A panorama? Yeah, it's just some weird thing that the millennials are doing days <laughs> they call the pandemic a panorama to soften the blow why is it a panorama uh, it, it really it's anything that starts with a p they just kind of <laughs> twist it around and, and say oh i can't believe people are you know gathering in groups of larger than 10 we're in a pandora and it's like okay <laughs> i see what you did there why so <laughs> I have so many questions. You know, I <laughs> but... do, and I don't really understand it, but I have to stay up to date with these cool new things that the kids do, <laughs> or I will be sent into 
being old. <laughs> I have a lot of questions. Uh, I don't know why we're in a pizza right now, exactly. but like, uh, there you go. <laughs> but anyway, we got shirts and t- we got shirts, hoodies, and hats, and a bunch of other stuff coming to the B Style Shop. Um, and if you're listening to this podcast, um, you can use the code BPOD, all capital letters, B-P-O-D, to get 20% off of all of the apparel that will be dropping on the shop. <laughs> I'm still trying to get over the fact that it's called a panda yeah, you know, <laughs> I don't. It's really, it's quite strange, but uh, we are still in a Potoma and so definitely get a face mask with Bisai on it um, so that you yeah, can be cool. Yeah, please do. Yeah, Rocky, you got to rock the swag there on the Pluto. You don't, you don't want to mess You don't want to miss out on this at all. Um, so moving on. Um, we also wanted to make sure we talked about, as we said at the beginning, we only talked about the end, uh, the official end of the 2020 election cycle, which almost immediately after because we're we, jenna and, and i both um live in georgia um jenna's from georgia i am not a georgia voter but i see what's going on in the state um so we saw a lot of the um we saw what was going on during the georgia senate runoffs and that happened on january 5th and then as i'm sure many people know on january 6th there was a insurrection um, that took place on Capitol Hill when white supremacists stormed the Capitol building. And um, Visa released a statement uh, maybe a few days after that, which, and again, I thank all of the board members for um, supporting that letter. And we sent that off to some of our congressional representatives um, in Philadelphia um, and Pennsylvania um, specifically to make our stance known that uh, the insurrection that was inspired by some of Donald Trump's rhetoric was grounds for impeachment, essentially. So we urged Congress to invoke the 25th Amendment. So yeah, we did that, and we thought it was important to do that because we wanted to make sure that future BSOP board members and members in general and just the general public saw that we took a stance on something that's important. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's important to note that even though we are scientists and we promote, you know, um, fun things in science and, and encouraging people to pursue science, we are still members of society. And I think it's important to hold those uh, positions of authority accountable for their actions. So I thought it was a really important thing uh, for us to do. And, you know, I guess we'll have to see in the following weeks during the impeachment trials to see how that unfolds. But no one in a position of authority should be able to incite violence. <laughs> so <laughs> that's all I'll say about that. <laughs> no, I think you hit it um, right there on the head. Like, yeah, it's, it's unacceptable. Um, I'm glad we did that. <clears throat> and I'm glad that we can move on from that. But I'm glad that hopefully some justice will come out of it. Which leads us to talking about um, some of the important events that came out of the 2020 election. Like you said, we are here in Georgia. We saw the runoffs. Two Democratic senators were elected to the Senate, giving 
the Democrats control of the Senate and the House and also um, with Joe Biden's uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris's um, victory during the presidential election. That means that the executive branch of government is also held by the Democrats. So that's what happened in the 2020 elections, and it will have ramifications for at least the next two years, uh, maybe more. We'll see. Yeah, they, um, they actually, uh, this is the first time we've had Democratic senators since uh, 2003 and 2005, uh, respectively, mm. as well as having the first uh, Black senator and uh, Jewish senator. So really kind of mm-hmm. uh, groundbreaking and historic moments for Georgia and I think the country as a whole, because I think you know, the entire country's eyes were on Georgia for a minute there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, for sure. I, I'm definitely proud as a born and raised Georgian to to see, mm-hmm. um, you know, some, some progress and some history being made that is actually good history and not, you know, history that is a little um, more uncomfortable. Um, mm. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm happy to see where they go. And I, again, hope to hold them accountable for the things that they set out to do. Mm-hmm. So without getting too political. <laughs> no, I think that's a fair point. I think that's what everyone should do. Like it's you are allowed to support your political candidates, whatever party you're in, but make sure you just hold them accountable. Um, if you're not doing that, then it that's not really democracy at the end of the day. Sorry. <laughs> if you don't want to think about it that way, I'm sorry, but that's just the case. You got to hold no matter who holds that power, you got to hold them accountable. Agreed. It, there are. Some, oh, did you have something else to add? Oh, uh, I was just going to uh, actually talk about some of the things from the Biden administration that they've been working on this week. Cool, cool. Yeah, so um, Biden is calling for a review uh, several instances with the EPA, instances where rules and regulations were maybe a bit blurry thanks to some of the changes in those rules and regulations during the Trump administration. Uh, Those things include uh, certain air polluting uh, chemicals used in like uh, paint removing uh, or paint thinners. Some of the chemicals used in those can be very detrimental, not only to the environment, but to the workers who have to uh, synthesize those chemicals on a daily basis. And a lot of the rules that surrounded the health concerns um, that the health or the um, EPA had proposed were a little bit uh, under some pollution guidelines and limits. And so it looks like the Biden administration is looking to review and potentially carry out full investigations on some of these areas of commercial and industrial uh, chemical pollution. So I'm hoping that it'll be helpful and I do hope that funding to the EPA is kind of beefed up a bit more because it's pretty hard to regulate an entire country's chemical output when they receive the little funding that they do. So I am hoping to see some change in that area and see where they go with that. Yeah, that's good. I think uh, we've seen a lot of different federal agencies from EPA, even NPS had some scale backs on some of their policies to protect the environment under the Trump administration. And it frustrated a lot of people within those agencies. But even though they work for those agencies, it's almost like 
they can make their opinions known, but I mean, at the end of the day, it was Trump's administration, and that's what they were deciding to do in a lot of different ways. So uh, there are what were a bunch of agencies that were not happy with that, and so and it seems like in this last week since the Biden Harris administration has taken office that a lot of them are, are much happier about the future for their agencies in particular. Agreed. Yeah. And it looks like from the article that I was reading up on that a lot of environmental activists had to really push back and even in some cases sue the EPA over certain guidelines that they were just kind of allowing to kind of just look past things. But it turns out, of course, that this was because of the Trump administration, which was in close contact with the ACC, who definitely supported all of these moves by the Trump administration. It was all really just a lot of political gain and commercial gain, economic gain, but everything except for helping the people that um, have to work in these areas and uh, the environment as a whole. So, yeah. Uh, what's the ACC? Oh, the American Chemistry Council. This is a lobbying. Okay. This is a, a chemical Oh, it's, it's not like a scientific organization necessarily. Not necessarily, no. Yeah. Right. So okay. I see. Yeah. it's It has the name that feels like, oh, this is mm-hmm. a good thing. But once you start kind of peeling back what's going on behind the, the uh, surface, you kind of see, oh, they're actually not doing things um, ethically correct. So... Mm. <laughs> Ah, uh, I see. Yeah. I see. Interesting. I didn't know about that organization. I also wanted to add that because of the changes due to the congressional elections, I, I wanted to bring attention to the particular science committees within those, within the House and the Senate. So in the House, there is a science, space, and technology committee, and the chairwoman of that committee is actually Edie Bernice Johnson, who served as the chairwoman of the committee since 2010. And she is actually the first African-American and female-ranking member of this committee. Um, she raised the representative of the 30th Congressional District of Texas, which includes portions of Dallas. Uh, she studied nursing at St. Mary's College in South Bend, Indiana. And she eventually returned to her home state of Texas after she graduated with a degree from there and became chief psychiatric nurse at the VA hospital in Dallas and earned a bachelor's degree in nursing from Texas Christian University in 1967 and then a master's degree in public administration from Southern Methodist University in 1976. But yeah, I thought that was really interesting that um, the chairwoman of this committee is actually, you know, someone who's first in scientists in science and um, decided to take that into a political career and that still deals with science. I think that's I think that's really encouraging. Yeah, I agree. Um, I feel like science communication is really growing um, as a whole, which is great. And also, Mm -hmm. you know, science policy is starting to get a lot more, just more voices or seats at the table for people in science communication and science policy, um, especially with backgrounds in science, right? So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see how that turns out and of course, hoping for the best and that we'll get some some movement in that area. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I want to, yeah, you just mentioned um, science policy. And that's something that even BSI has really been trying to get a step into in a lot of different ways. And we're also trying to work with other organizations, such as the National Science Policy Network, to build connections within the Black community 
to really make science policy a thing so black scientists can get involved politically. And we're also trying to work with other organizations. Um, and it's become a focus for us. So, yeah, it's a, I think, I mean, we're super biased, but I think it's encouraging that so many voices, Black scientists in particular, are trying to get politically um, engaged. I think that's what, I think that's a big step up. Agreed. Yeah, I can't, like, say this enough, but representation really does matter. And being mm-hmm. able to look at people in these positions and say, oh, you know, maybe actually that is something that I want to do. And, you know, I see someone that looks like me in this area and I think I can do it, you know? So it's always right. encouraging, I think, to see that kind of representation happen. So, yeah, I'm excited also for B-Side to get more involved in that, especially uh, with mm-hmm. with our, uh, like, our amazing science policy committee, you know, already mm-hmm. doing really big things. Right. Dr. Chanel Tawson is leading the charge on that. She's actually going to be on the podcast soon. Uh, so we're excited about that. Um, but yeah, I... I also, I wanted to mention that there is a similar committee in, in the Senate that uh, is chaired by a Roger F. Wicker from Mississippi. Um, he served as the chairman of that committee since 2007. And he has some law degrees from the University of Mississippi, and he represents the first congressional district of Mississippi. And I don't know, honestly, and this is my lack of understanding um, um, on some of the congressional proceedings, but I don't know if I don't know if, if the new Senate, if he'll be the continuing chairman. I don't. I'm not really sure. Um, to be honest, I mean, he's been since 2007. I don't know, and he's been since. I, so I'm. I'm just not sure. I, I'm interested to see how that play out as this new Senate comes into working over the next few weeks. I don't, it, it'd be interesting to see how that might play out. Cause I know right now, um, Chuck Schumer and uh, Mitch McConnell are trying to work out a power sharing deal within the Senate. So I don't know how that'll look for its different committees to do specific jobs and things like that, but it'll be interesting to see cause that could be another major switch up in, um, for science in the, in the Senate. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. I think it, it's, Again, I, I just keep coming back to the representation portion of it because, you, mm-hmm. you know, like looking at the Senate last year, I guess from a partisan stand, standpoint, uh, was definitely pretty whitewashed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, I'm just glad to see more voices being heard. Yeah, I think that's a good segue to even kind of bring it back to the Biden administration. Um, they are pretty diverse and um, a lot of the cabinet positions that they um, created. I know there are a lot of first women, a lot of first African-American um, representatives for different cabinet positions. I think trying to, I think the Department of the Interior had its first ever head that is of a woman who's from a Native American background, which is major because that I think the Department of Indian Affairs falls under the, the Department of Interior. So that's a major representation for that community. So there are some really important changes that are happening for specific communities that have long not been represented in an adequate nature. Um, and even science itself, the Office of Science and Technology was elevated to a cabinet position under the Biden administration with Dr. Erica Lander as the head. He's a bio professor. He was a bio professor at MIT and Harvard, and he was also a previous um, science advisor to um, then President Barack Obama. 
So there's some, and a lot of that's because of the, um, as Jenna said earlier, the, the, the Pandora, because um, <laughs> obviously we uh, are, you know, still dealing with that. And the Biden-Harris um, administration, unlike the Trump-Pence administration in many ways, has really, really wanted to hone in on um, stopping um, and uh, reversing the effects of the coronavirus pandemic. Yeah, I think it, it was pretty telling just last week having that memorial service to kind of recognize those who've lost their lives to coronavirus and kind of the transition between the two administrations not really seeing as much I, I don't know, I wanna I don't wanna say just I guess empathy. <laughs> I don't know if that's too too much to say, but um, you know I don't know. It's you know, this is a really serious virus that is still going on and Mm -hmm. um you know i think we had talked about earlier about you know the rollout of the vaccine and how quickly it's been Mm -hmm. um circulated and you know some of the distrust from the public with the vaccine that has been produced in less than 12 months you know and um kind of goes back to this the same point of it's really important to listen to (laughs) people who are experts in the field, especially this one, because we had experience with the SARS virus mm-hmm. during the uh, early portion of the 2000s. And um, so we know a lot about viruses in general, right? And and it takes experts in their field to know how to combat this. And I remember you saying the Obama administration had already had plans to combat a virus like this. Right. Yeah. And it's because of like they saw what like you were just saying that the previous SARS outbreak, which COVID is related. It's in the same family as SARS. I think the full proper name of the coronavirus is SARS. Um, novel SARS-CoV-2. Yeah, SARS-CoV-2. Right. So it's in the name, right? So it's like they they already had a head start in some ways. They were already working on a potential vaccine that could combat that. But because it was in a similar family, they had a place to start with. So they were able to modify it almost on the fly, basically, and put so much effort towards it that they got it done. And it's now the quickest release um, vaccine. And it's also using novel technology. And and, um, an mRNA vaccine has never been done. And and it could be revolutionary because it, one, uh, just to make sure people understand while it does sound similar to DNA, it's not it's a DNA not. <laughs> vaccine. Exactly. It's not the same thing. It's it's very similar in name, but basically, and I don't, and I'm not going to try to pretend like I understand exactly how the mRNA vaccine works, but it doesn't go into your nucleus, which is where your DNA and stuff like that is held in your cells. Um, it, but it does help produce something like a spike protein from my understanding mm-hmm. and to allow for your cells to start producing the necessary uh, functions to combat the vaccine or uh, not the vaccine but the um, coronavirus yeah, so it really which, like it, it mm-hmm. signals your immune response to create these antibodies so that mm-hmm. the next time that the virus or the proteins themselves signal that your healthy cells your cells will then have an immune response immediately and know what it looks like to be able to locate it quicker and 
you know, shut that down. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And that's why uh, it's important because I like, I don't fully understand. I understand that it's not a DNA, it, it doesn't affect DNA, but I can't explain it as well as someone knows it. Like, I'm sure you probably know a lot about it more than I do. I'm learning about um, it and now. Then, like, I'm in the, mm-hmm. I'm right in the thick of learning about more about um, proteins and, and, you know, mm-hmm. how our body uses them uh, to produce right. certain things you know, responses. So yeah, and it's not just you. I mean, we have two other board yeah. members who <laughs> kind of work in that we got uh, you, um, Dr. I'm going to say yeah. it again. <laughs> Dr. Chanel Tolson um, has a degree in public health. Um, and I've heard her explain how vaccines work. I think she actually was talking about Coronavirus when we were talking about um, how vaccines work in general. And it was one of the best explanations for how a vaccine works ever and then also i heard chad talk about it one another time and it's right up there with that it's like those two explanations i've had from um chanel and chad were just like yeah this is why we need people like you guys to be on the forefront of explaining it to the public at large but definitely to other african-americans and other underrepresented groups definitely definitely because i think there's a lot of distrust in our community and rightfully Mm -hmm. so um, just the history of this country has never truly been good in any form or fashion when it comes to healthcare and obviously other <laughs> sectors of, mm. of life. But definitely healthcare, you know, it's one of those things where you just never know if you're getting the proper care. And so it's totally understandable for the African American community to kind of be distrustful of, of this new technology, this new, you know, vaccine. Um, but it is so important to have effective communicators like Dr. Chanel, Dr. Chanel, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? mm-hmm. and definitely Chad, you know, to explain these things in an effective and easy to understand way. Right. So, yeah, definitely glad they're on board. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It makes everything a lot easier. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's important. All the things you talked about, because those were things that weren't necessarily being discussed very well and effectively even two months ago, let alone six months ago. And we are seeing still some of the daily's months of coronavirus. Yeah, I think the CDC just released that they're still expecting to see, you know, close to or if not over 100,000 deaths next month, by next month. And mm. that is just insane. That should, Yeah, I mean... Yeah, it should shock people. It, and it should... Honestly, it should kind of instill a little fear in you because people are not taking this seriously and it shows in the numbers. And <laughs> Yeah. I mean, if that number holds up, then that's half a million people died in about a year's worth of time from a virus that we only found out about a year ago. Yeah. That's it's crazy. Yeah. And, you know, I feel kind of foolish. This time last year, I never, never would have suspected that mm-hmm. our giant country would have been you know, the epicenter for mm-hmm. a novel virus that we had every capability of at least downgrading and, you know, flattening the curve. We heard that so many times. You're we right. had every capability to do that. And here we are, you know, leader. Here we are. Leading in, in, in a not great way. <laughs> mm-hmm. so. Yeah, hopefully that will change. Yeah. yeah, the country's in a, in a weird spot with coronavirus, um, the capital riots. And a lot of other things. The tensions are high in a lot of different places. 
maybe in some ways the Biden and Harris administration will help bring that tension down. I That's one of my biggest hopes. But time will tell. And no matter what happens, we need to hold them as accountable as we were holding Trump to um, his word. We need to do the same to them and just hope that we can see things move in a better direction. Yeah, I think just on the last note of my rant about politics <laughs> is that, you know, it's really important for people to go out and vote because it shows, mm-hmm. right? Like your voice definitely yeah. matters. Your voice definitely counts and it shows. And, you know, that we we saw that in Georgia. We saw it in Pennsylvania, right? Oh, yeah. You know, people showing mm-hmm. out and showing up for their communities and the country as a whole. So we just have to continue to do that. And not in four years, but you know, every election. <laughs> every every election. So, <laughs> that's all I'll say about that. No, I agree. I a hundred percent agree. Full if a hundred percent agree, full stop. But yeah, we'll transition to something a little lighter. So what have we been learning since the last time we talked at the end of twenty twenty? What you got, Jim? Yeah, so there's a lot of cool technology, uh, not just with vaccines, but also in something that I have very little uh, understanding of, but am still curious about (laughs) uh, with quantum Mm. entanglement, which is a big scary word, but (laughs) it is pretty cool. Um, So some scientists at uh, Nanjing Mm. University in China have been looking at ways to, um, to send entangled photons across a kilometer what's so Mm. significant about this is that it's basically a building block for quantum internet so if you can send these entangled photons across space a short distance then you can encrypt data and kind of have a kind of i guess like a safe space to send encrypted data across shorter distances using technology that's actually fairly inexpensive Mm. what's really important about that is that um, as we have seen, um, communications across countries, across the nation have been compromised a lot recently. And if we can Mm -hmm. figure out ways to kind of close that gap um, across space and kind of cut off places where I always lose the word for like (laughs) having malware or like an attack, a cyber attack. Cyber attack, uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why that word. I just I never like to say it. I guess, but it's a it's an interesting word. You <laughs> like it's a, it's a kind of a new word, right? When was the, like it's probably only been around for like the last ten years or so. Yeah, so it's kind of this new thing that we don't really focus on a mm-hmm. whole lot because we kind of just rely on you know our big conglomerate internet services to kind of do mm-hmm. that heavy lifting for us, and you know relying on these supercomputers and satellites Mm -hmm. to uh, transfer data across spaces but if we can close that gap and send it across shorter distances then maybe we have a chance to kind of build up this security for encrypted data so i thought that was pretty cool yeah no that's very interesting it makes the internet safer for everybody which is a huge problem and you know there's like you said cyber attacks they aren't they don't also just target you know large businesses and governments they also target everyday people so having 
the ability to encrypt data like edit like you said inexpensively would be revolutionary and make the internet safer for everybody that sounds yeah and i think you know in our day and age we are growing more and more to rely on technology and Mm -hmm. the faster we can keep up with that change um and that pace of technology then i think the better off we'll be um, that's not to say that it's not to say that pens and paper aren't important, you know, for all of my yeah. uh, old heads out there. Like, obviously, I love a good pen <laughs> yeah. and paper, but realistically, um, we're really moving towards a more technology focused society. And I think already in China, they mostly rely on using their phones for everything. So mm. to pay for bills, you just use your phone oh, yeah. or if you go out to get you know, groceries, you just use your phone to transfer money. And I think we're also, especially with the aid of this pandemic, uh, or sorry, panorama. um, Right. Definitely. (laughs) We're seeing that, you know, having contactless uh, methods of payment are becoming increasingly important. So we'll see where this takes us. Yeah. That's interesting to see play out. I know when you talked about this, like, my mind went towards this episode of Cosmos with Neil deGrasse Tyson. I was watching over break where um, it was in the third season that I watched um, again um, for probably like the second time anyway, but he was uh, talking about, there was an episode where they talked about how the field of quantum mechanics and the physics started to develop and how like two different scientists, I don't remember their names right now, but basically, one was trying to, they were basically both, these two scientists saw that light acted as a wave and a particle at different points on the time. They weren't working together necessarily. And it is one of the biggest conundrums um, in quantum physics. And it sounds like that's kind of what these researchers are kind of playing on is that idea that it can act in some really strange ways um, and they're just kind of using it to make the internet safer, which it, it's all crazy. Science, Science is, crazy. is really crazy. And I, I still don't quite understand how uh, nope. at all, how quantum Mm-mm. physics work. I know there's no, no. quirks, which is a fun name. Yeah, that's quirks. a fun name. That's yeah. a, that's about as much <laughs> as I know about it though. It's about it. <laughs> that's a bus. <laughs> Same. So yeah, no, it's it's honestly it when when you have someone who's like an expert at it and can communicate it effectively, mm-hmm. it it's really interesting, you know. Like Neil deGrasse Tyson yeah, yeah. explaining to me, you know, quantum mechanics is like ideal. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's ideal. That's yeah. a great way to put it. I might just pass out, but ideal. <laughs> Those are the ideal conditions, if you will. <laughs> and that's all the physics yeah, I, I will be saying for today. I see what you did there. <laughs> Thank you. I'll be here all, all, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Um, one thing that I I won't say I've been learning about it, uh, but it's been something I've been encountering like at least twice over break, which is interesting. Is this idea of um, that it's kind of in the realm of sci-fi. But it's, I think it's interesting that it's in an interesting thought experience and, or experiment. Uh, and the concept is called mind or brain uploading. And I encountered this first over break from this um, video game called Cyberpunk 
2077, which is heavily inspired by Blade Runner, um, uh, an older movie with like Harrison Ford. And it, it, it definitely plays on the idea of like a really, really like technologically advanced future. And one of the ways is that people are pretty much integrated with technology itself where they like you don't get a you could get a tattoo but your tattoo would allow you to see through a wall or something like that you could get some brain implants you could do a bunch of crazy things with technology and computers Um, and one of those is that you could insert a slot into like a chip into your brain and that chip um, for the most part could allow the characters to just look at internet files or something like that over some network but one thing that was developing in the game was this chip that would allow decoding for a previous person's life to be uploaded into a a new body and in this game the first one to really do it or at least get the chip in their head has the chip of a character played by keanu reeves and it's kind of tongue-in-cheek at times and it's just like this is like he plays like a rocker and that part's a little weird it's like why is he a rocker it's it's, it's, it's i mean it's keanu it's reeves you know it's, so uh, I mean, yeah <laughs> are we shocked not really i mean it's, it's just sometimes I'll, I'll play it and i'm like this is this is uh a lot but it's interesting and so but what, what was interesting to me particularly was that as this game was coming out one of my favorite YouTube channels, Kurski Scotts, which I, I'm sure I've talked about on the show a thousand times now. Literally that day, as I'm about to play the game, I see that they have uh, a video on their YouTube channel with Cyberpunk. Because apparently they worked out a deal like where they would talk about this really cool thing because that's what they do. They just talk about cool science stuff. And they're talking about Cyberpunk and um, theories behind how something like that would work. And I'm like, oh, this is, this is dope. So I'm going to put that in the show notes in our citation archives. And then, you know, there's also another thing that I saw was uh, this movie called Black Box, which plays on a very similar idea that there is a way to upload your uh, brain or intelligence of another person into a living person. And I don't want to give too much away from that movie because... Um, Jenna hasn't seen it yet, but I think it's really cool, and I definitely highly recommend it. Yeah, no spoilers. <laughs> mm. Nope. <laughs> uh, but I do remember you saying that um, it kind of like uh, piqued your interest. I don't, I don't know if I'm even saying that word right. I see it all the time, and I'm like, oh, what a cool word, PK, peak. <laughs> anyway, um, but it reminded you of our Black Mirror episode. Yes, it did. Uh, it's it reminds me of that because there are a, a lot of episodes of Black Mirror that kind of deal with similar concepts. There's like the Black Wax Museum one, or the Black the, the Wax. The, there's one like that, and I think the um, person who plays Shuri is in there. There's some other ones that kind of mess with the idea a little bit too. Yeah, like the DJ one. Um, oh yeah, hang the DJ. Hang oh, the DJ. The, uh, there was because I'm thinking. I think that I made that connection because there. The main character of Black Box is in a different show on Hulu called Oh Jerome No, which is more like a romance comedy thing. But the main character, what his one of his main love interests um, in the show is the woman 
who was the main character in Hang the DJ. I hope I'm getting, hope some of that makes sense because there's a lot of people, there's a lot of names I don't know here. I'm trying to spark people to go watch without saying any names. I don't know the <laughs> names, but. Yeah, no, they all sound really interesting. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know, like the whole time you were kind of explaining them, it kind of like reminded me of the uh, the whole, the saying like, more money, more problems. But like in this case, <laughs> the, the money or the value is in information and technology and I can definitely Ooh. see that going dark in the episode, yeah. so I'm, I'm anticipating that a little bit. But of course, mm-hmm. I haven't seen them, and I'm just making assumptions. But I, there's never a time when you have really cool technology like that, or people aren't trying to like <laughs> corrupt it in some way. So yeah, very I'm excited mean, to see that. No spoilers. No spoilers. <laughs> Indeed. But yeah, I definitely recommend that's called that movie's called Black Box. And it's a largely black cast. Like Felicia Richard is in it. Um I forget this person's name too, but I know he's in this uh some stars TV show called The Shah, which is like set in Chicago. It's um it's a good series. I recommend it. It's another it's another good one. But it's kinda like the wire, but I'll but I won't plug you too much besides that again. But yeah, those were things. That's kind of what I've been messing around with yeah um kind of the last thing i stumbled upon was um this uh long giant lungfish um mm. which why are we talking about fish this is a science podcast <laughs> well i mean it's fish or science <laughs> yeah fish could are definitely um very heavy in uh, the science community because they mm-hmm. relay a lot of interesting information including the fact that they have a genome that is over 43 billion base pairs uh, long, which is insane when you think about Mm. it, Um, especially when you put it in the context of looking at the human genome, which currently we know about 3 billion, 3.2 billion base pairs. uh, Yeah, billion Mm. base pairs. So there's about a 14 time difference between the genome of the lungfish and humans. And I know you're thinking to yourself, why do I care, though? (laughs) Okay, well, what if I told you um, that, you know, giant lungfish actually are one of the species that are along the lines of the human ancestral mapping where we learned how to become terrestrial animals from the same uh, line. I don't know. I never know my class family phyla oh. but somewhere along the I'm way <laughs> there's a mnemonic device yeah i'm trying to remember it. prince I think william it's some... something no that's not right <laughs> no 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 it's, i don't think it's prince william but you got the right idea i think it's something like oh hold on there's like a song for it or something i think it's something like king damn it i don't remember i know exactly what you're yeah. talking i'm about to look it up because i now want to know <laughs> yeah. But um, they are, are uh, one of the, um, they're along the same line of, of humans uh, where uh, some of their genes kind of um, are pre-adaptive to become terrestrial or even uh, air breathing. And they still have those, mm-hmm. um, those encoding genes in their um, cell line, which is really interesting because... The field of omics, which is my field, actually. So we've got genomics. Pretty get them. I say get them. <laughs> yeah, right. We'll see. 
<laughs> but um, so there's genomics, proteomics, metabolomics, which is my specific field, and lipidomics. Um, and so that's kind of the omic field. Um, but we can use that information nice. to kind of get more understanding of how how these genes are working in the cell and how they can be changed or adapted to encode for specific things. And of course, we saw last year with the CRISPR uh, technology winning the Nobel Peace Prize. That's by no mistake, right? So we're trying to learn more about these genes and what they mean and, um, you know, how we use them. Um, and I think this study with the lungfish is pretty important because I think we can maybe start to learn more about how we adapt to really exponentially different environments. So I think it's at least a start, but I just thought it was kind of crazy that it has a larger genome uh, than humans. No, that's really cool. Um, I did find the mnemonic, is it mnemonic device? Mnemonic device. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, and it is kinky people can often find great sex. So that's kingdom, phylum, class, order, family. What education genus, system was that? Species. <laughs> I have never heard such a <laughs> such a forward mnemonic. Someone told me that one time, and that's the only way I can remember it. Um, it's, and even even thinking about like, because this is kind of like, while the study of genetics isn't necessarily part, it's part of geology, and I don't I don't do it myself, but it. I mean, it's just another way for me to think about the geologic timetable, which I also know another one that's kind of dirty for that one too. You know, I thought, <laughs> so, I like, thought, you know, there's always like the stereotype biologist being, you know, the interesting group of the bunch. But now I see, now I see why, why they say that <laughs> y'all, y'all. Yeah, for sure. Some weirdos. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's but it's. I think it's good. It's like the only way I can remember it because <laughs> I wouldn't be able to remember if it wasn't like something that was like shocking, honestly. Oh yeah, no. but I think that's cool. Now it makes sense why everyone wanted to take biology. Uh, <laughs> now I see. Right, <laughs> that's dope though. Like, uh, and I always think that's cool. Like thinking about human evolution and just life itself because it's um, one of my favorite classes in undergrad was geobiology. And we learned, I took a geobiology and a paleontology class about the same time. And we went through like major developments in like just life itself from um, the first oxygen producing cyanobacteria to, to the Cambrian explosion to two fish, like the lungfish and how that started to develop and how they became terrestrial animals and then on to flowers even, and then all of this other stuff. It was, I think it's really cool. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. You never really think about how much you can learn from the past to explain things that may happen in the future, but really it is all connected and they're all important, uh, which is what I really love about science is that what you study is important, but it's really kind of the collective collaboration across fields that is what really makes us progress as humans. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I just, sometimes I think about like for us to understand so much, like even in the realm of biology and genetics, um, it took took a lot of geology. It took a lot of understanding and experiments from like, I mean, Charles Darwin came up with the idea of 
the origins of species and when he talked about um, evolution mm-hmm. and then Mendel did the P experiments, which kind of provided the basis for genetics. And then eventually, once we got microscopes and we could understand how DNA works, like it truly revolutionized all of that. And that helped piece together some of the things that were going on in geology, because the idea was like, well, how do we know for sure that like a bird is related to some ancient dinosaur? Like, how would you ever know that if you couldn't piece together um, some DNA sequence. So all that's really important. Yeah, and just a quick shout out to Rosalind Franklin because I, I feel like anytime we mention DNA, you just got to say Rosalind Franklin first. And then, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. Watson and Greg. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, shout out to, to Rosalind Franklin for her work with uh, understanding the DNA structure. <laughs> no, that's great. No, <laughs> for sure. But yeah, uh, do we have anything else? That's all I've kind of been able to really do a deep dive into over the past couple mm. weeks. But yeah, no, I'm I'm excited to kind of read up more on these things because it's all really cool and interesting and so easy to kind of like go into a little rabbit hole of like, oh man, mm-hmm. quantum quantum theory. Oh, I love this. <laughs> you know, right so, for sure. <laughs> yeah, but no, that's all I have for this week. Cool, cool. I mean, we were kind of talking about at the beginning. We're always looking to improve the podcast, and the way we're going to try to do that in 2021 is we're going to try to bring this idea that you had, Jenna, to 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 fruition, I guess, is that we're going to try to do Pulling Black the Layers. Um, we've already reached out to some people who we think would be really good for understanding um, identity um, and being Black and some of the science and sociology and psychology behind that, and we're also just trying to do interviews in general um, in various different ways. Like we said, we're going to have Dr. Chanel Tawson on B-Sciences very soon. We also plan on having a neuroscientist come if that comes together where we, we have a lot of different ideas and we're still looking for more. Like we've been, we were talking about physics earlier. So if you know a physicist who would like to be on the show, send them our information, send them our way. We would love them to have them. Absolutely. Across the fields, like, in any field, if you know someone who's interested in talking about the things that they love to work with, that would be so mm-hmm. cool, especially to get some representation with what we talk about. So, right, because as we saw last year with like the Black and X movement, there's just so many different types of scientists who are Black and under and represent underrepresented backgrounds, and they don't always get the spotlight. So we want to make sure that we make we we get those people and for them to have another platform to talk and show us what it's like to be scientists indeed and also please um please be on the lookout for our apparel um that is besides giving us donations um that will be another huge huge benefit if you rock the t-shirt like one you donate to b-side because we get profits from a shirt two you get a shirt with our logo on it and i mean we know you want the logo like, like it's, it's, it's a pretty good pretty logo good, so <laughs> <laughs> we know you want it so then there's that uh and then it's also just helping us advertise as you walk around in your daily life because someone will ask you like what's what's that and you're like oh it's b-side and you're like what's b-side and, like, oh, you, and then you let them know so exactly um it, there's that and yeah it's just cool not to mention, <laughs> what else you gotta say besides that not to mention you know this time we get a 20% off 
deal with you get 20 percent off so definitely use that code do you want to say it for one more time because i i almost said it backwards and i don't want to mess it up. <laughs> yeah that code um will be b pod so b p o d all capital letters um if on on february 1st when all the apparel will drop on to bside.org if you use that code you'll get 20 percent off 20 percent off you'll get 20 percent off of an item of your choice an item of Um, my choice okay i'm done (laughs) it's a good ad break (laughs) (laughs) but um we really and again all that stuff those donations buying b-side merchandise all that goes towards making um the podcast happen it goes towards some of the other plans because we're in the midst of starting some really ambitious yet uh, interesting ideas and projects and having the funds for that um, can be kind of difficult sometimes. Um, we we're only two, almost two years old now. Um, we'll be two years old in, in February, um, the end of February, but it's, it's, it can be a struggle sometimes to find funding. So things like that really help. Um, and for some of the ideas we want to develop with, um, as B-Side as a coalition or as a coalition institute ourselves, but as we try to expand our network and support other black scientists and some of their initiatives, then it'll be very important to find ways to secure um, donations, gifts, and funding. So um, yeah, please help us out. As you mentioned, next month is our, our founders month, I guess we can, we can, mm-hmm. like, we can say that, but it's also it's black, black history month, month and B-Side's month. Yeah. yeah so you know, be on the lookout and we're really trying to make a, a better quality content for you guys. So mm-hmm. that is always really helpful um, and encouraging. Everyone's really, really kind. Yeah, so, they are. So definitely grab yourself some apparel and let us know how, how, how much you love us um, <laughs> by rocking it out and around town. So, right. And on that note, um, Jenna, it's always great to make a podcast with you. Um, well. I think I might have. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I mentioned earlier, but um, we have the citation archive on bside.org. So when you hear this sound, that will be the citation sound. So if you haven't heard it already, that's what that is. So please go to cita- our citation archive on bside.org and you will hear or sorry, I'm messing that up. You will see everything we talked about this episode from some some from the lungfish to quantum <laughs> entanglement to all of the names I butchered along the way as I talked about mind uploading and all of the other mistakes that I made. So please go to the citation archive and see what we've been talking about because maybe it's kind of confusing sometimes. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> And on that, let's get out of here, Jenna. All right. Um, to all, to everybody out there, um, please be scientists. Be scientists is a podcast by the Black Science Coalition and Institute, or BSI, a five hundred one c three nonprofit. Be scientists is hosted by both Jenna Carpenter, chemist, and BSI's research and development officer, and. Jordan Chapman, geoarchaeologist and BSAS president. Music is produced by Della Rallo and lyrics are by Ed Gunner. Special thanks to Michael, Mike, Cast, and Marshall and the Plaza Abbey Studios. If you'd like to donate to BSI, visit our official website, bsci.org. That's b-sci.org. 
Your donation supports the B-Scientist and B-Sides other projects. We couldn't do it without you. So please tune in next time and always be scientists.